Good morning. What a day, what a day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Um, this morning I was given four scriptures. Um, I had an idea to preach on the culture of kindness, and these are the scriptures that God gave to me. So let's join together and read them. The first two are written by St. Paul. The third is the words of Jesus himself. And the fourth is just a wise proverb for us to contemplate. So let's join together in the word of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then Jesus' words, yep. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is the word of God. May God add a blessing to our understanding of it. So let me take... Oh, our, our body mics aren't working anymore, so I'm stuck to the microphone. I'm going to just I'm gonna go here. So let me take you back to the 1980s, 1990s. We thought a simpler time when we look back, but actually it wasn't as simple, but in one way that I can think of, the 80s and 90s were easier. You know why? Because every Friday night, all of us had the same schedule. We ordered a pizza, and while it was being made, we ran to Blockbuster and rented a video on VCR. Now, these tapes are kind of archaic now, although many of them still reside in our storage room. But those bulky, sometimes temperamental tapes held a hidden test of humanity. And apparently, most of us failed. With more than 10,000 VHS tapes in an average blockbuster, all they asked was that after we watched the movie, <laughs> then we press, hold on to that, then we re press and rewind. And all we had to do was wait a little over one minute for the tape to rewind so it was ready for the next person. And then put it back in its hard case, return it to the store on time, or pay those exorbitant fees. But apparently, people, this was too much for America. <laughs> apparently, people could not be trusted with the common courtesy, decency, and kindness to rewind their tapes. So what? So Blockbuster came up with, an org, uh, with a slogan. What was the one thing they asked? Be kind, rewind. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's also kind of sad, right? In this single campaign, the definition and understanding of kindness was reduced to the simple-minded consideration of rewinding a VHS tape and the belief that being kind is something that we inherently have. But what if that's not the case? 
What if people don't come by kindness naturally? What if there is something else that facilitates mo our motivation to kindness? It's not our brains. And this is what St. Paul is talking about when he references the nine fruits of the Spirit. Those fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a song we teach the church school, so it literally was messing with my head as I was trying to just speak them. Uh, he, he says, these are not part of our makeup. Can that be true? So let's explore that, because kindness is a complex and profound thing. It's really not simple. There aren't simple acts of kindness. It isn't always seen in, as an every person, every minute of the day sort of action. We can see that clearly in the world around us. And because of that, kindness has taken a weird turn. Instead of being something common, it's now becoming something that needs to be part of a bigger movement. There's an improv group called Improv Everywhere that has become famous by doing kind things for people because they believe there isn't enough kindness in the world. So what do they do? They go to an airport. They read the sign off of some driver who's standing there, which has just one name. They quickly write signs out to that person. And then a mob of 50, 60 people wait for that person to come through the doors. And they give them balloons and signs and cheering and roses and chocolates, yelling, welcome home, welcome home. They put a goalie and a soccer goal in, a, in parks in New York City and wait for someone. And I've watched the videos. I have to tell you, they're old people, young people, all kinds of people. Look at the goalie standing there. They walk up to the soccer ball, and they go down to score a goal. And, of course, the goalie intentionally misses, at which point 50 people dressed in two team shirts come running out from nowhere, congratulating, lifting up, cheering the person who just scored the game-winning goal. They ride the subway until they find a young teen girl who's turning 16, and then they throw her a huge birthday party right there on the train. But I have to ask myself, what motivated that group to believe that they need to go out into the world and spread kindness in these huge ways? Clearly, in their experiences, kindness is just not an everyday act. So, let me ask you, does kindness really need some kind of big gesture? I think maybe it does, because there's a worldwide obsession with random acts of kindness. When I googled random acts of kindness ideas, in 0.98 seconds, Google produced 9,840,000 hits for me to look at. Are we really that unsure of what an act of kindness is? Apparently we are. Has kindness become such a rare novelty in our culture that we need more than 9 million websites to tell us how to be kind? Apparently, we do. So what's up with this lack of or this culture of kindness that is trying to produce kindness in such grandiose ways to wake us up to say, be kind? Have we as humans forgotten how to tap into being kind? I think maybe 
We have. Or maybe, this is welcome to my brain, maybe we didn't know how to do it in the first place. Now that is what St. Paul is saying. Our scripture comes from Galatians. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, a member of the Holy Trinity, which you'll hear about later this afternoon, the Holy Trinity in our Christian faith. So what is, what is this Holy Spirit that we talk about? It's simply the energy of God that is living and working all around us, an energy that we can and we need to tap into often. So when St. Paul wrote the fruit of the Spirit, what did he mean? An easy way of thinking of it is just to simply substitute the word qualities for the word fruit. The qualities of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the song. So those qualities belong to the Spirit. They don't belong to us. So where does St. Paul get this idea? This is kind of radical. He gets it from that radical human Jesus himself. Jesus doesn't say, peace I leave with you. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. He also says, he, does, he also doesn't say, I have brought joy so that joy can be with you and da-da-da. He says, my joy, my joy I bring to you so that, you're, you're, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete, fulfilled. So this word kind that Paul uses, that in itself is a really interesting thing. The meaning of that specific word in Greek means kindness is a spiritual state of being, a quality shown in the way a person speaks and acts. It is more than an act of will. It is more an act of will than of an emotion. Now, here's something else fun about that Greek word. It only appears 10 times in the Bible. And it always appears in Paul's letters when he's talking about what kindness is. Because Paul understands the type of kindness that Christians need to practice. It's a type of kindness wrapped up in Christ's love, in Christ's joy, in Christ's peace. This is an intentional word choice by Paul. There are lots of other words for kindness in Greek. But again, this isn't a new idea to Paul. He gets this from Jesus. It's a message Jesus talks about over and over. The story of the unmerciful servant, the good Samaritan, the story of the crucifixion. Jesus' other words when he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' yoke, it's one of gentleness, of love, of forgiveness, of peace, of kindness. So basically Jesus is saying, cast aside that yoke that ties you to pulling a load of stress and anxiety, of pain and anguish, of not feeling good enough or worthy enough, and yoke yourself to him, to gentleness, to kindness, to joy and peace and love. Can we do that? We can. 
Because kindness is a choice. It's an action. It's a spiritual practice that we need to exercise every day. If something is a fruit of the Spirit, it means it's a gift from God. A gift that we actually have to receive. It isn't something that we're born with. It's an energy that we need as people of faith to tap into. We can see that by watching children. How many times do we say to a toddler, be nice, play nice? That's not nice. What we're saying is be kind, play kindly. That's not kind. So if kindness isn't something that we're born with and it's a gift of the spirit, does that make be kind rewind a a spiritual mantra and a spiritual lesson? It might. Be kind. Rewind to the spirit. Go back and tap into the gift of kindness you are, so that you can be courteous to others. In fact, we are called to tap into being kind. We are called to make a conscious choice to be kind. And here's the great news. Kindness leads to kindness. It's that old pebble-in-the-pond ripple effect. Once you tap into that energy of kindness, others around you will feel that energy, and they too will be moved to act themselves. Like the eight fruits of the Spirit, because these are all things that God embodies, and therefore things that the Holy Spirit embodies. They are gifts to us whenever, whenever we want them. And while, as I said, human nature does not naturally tend toward these qualities, the concept is that if we rely on the Holy Spirit, we can develop them and we can live them out more easily. And here's something else. Each fruit hinges on the other. Because we actively love, we are kind. Because we are kind, we are patient. Because we are patient, and so on and so on. And when we possess all the fruits, which is our goal as humans, that is our goal, we are at one with God and therefore at one with each other. So, you know, spring's almost here. And let me give you an apple tree example. An apple tree doesn't have to work very hard to produce an apple. When when the seed has all its inner needs met, an apple is born. And the apple tree lives out its purpose. The same is true for each of us. We have the seeds of the fruit of the Spirit within us, but we need to tap into the Holy Spirit to make sure those seeds have all their inner needs met so we can be the best version of ourselves, the version God created us to be, and then we can live out our purpose fully. So how do we walk in the Spirit? It's simple. Just welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. I know, I know. I'm not going to look here. You all know how to do that. I'm going to look here. Because those are uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable kind of language. It's a bit hokey, Laura. Like, welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. Yep, that's what we're going to do today. And I love how God works because this sermon is not the sermon I was going to preach, but it is the sermon that came out. And I think it's because of you, your energy. That's what I think. So... I want you to stay with me because once we get over this awkward feeling of saying these words, I welcome the Holy Spirit in my life, they become so powerful. And it's the only way. 
I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life. In this world that we are living where kindness is not prevailing, behavior towards all of God's people is hurting and in trouble. We need to get our own selves in line with the Spirit and start to nurture those seeds. We can't sit back anymore and hope that somehow there will be good enough soil and fertilizer and sun and water that our seed will simply just prosper inside of us. We can't afford to do that anymore. Our world needs us to tap into the spirit. We need to practice cultivating that soil. We have to fertilize it with faith. We have to shine our faith upon it, and we need to water it with the power of that baptismal water. So how do we say this? How do we do this? First, by saying those words, I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life. Go ahead, try it. Second, we do it by staying close to the Spirit. We do it by making our community of faith and worshiping together a priority in our lives, a priority over work calls, special projects that need our weekend attention, sports events on Sundays at 10, the ease and comfort of pajamas and coffee and live stream, and yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> we need to gather together in community, feel this energy that we have here. We need to be in common fellowship to absorb and share this energy of our faith with one another. So thirdly, you're going to have to say it again, I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life because we need to tap into the Spirit through prayer. Now this is not a new message for you. You have heard just a few sermons, attended a number of second hours, a talk by Duke Professor Harold Koenig who laid out all the medical research of how prayer is good for your health. So I'm not sure I need to say more. But if somehow you haven't found the time or the way to pray, begin today. Set aside some time, mute the phone, start out by saying, I am here, God, to be with you. Then go ahead and tell God anything, everything. Don't worry, you can't shock God. God is conscious of more stuff about you than you're even conscious of stuff about you. Just exercise another fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of patience when you pray, because God will be there with you, and God will reveal God's self on God's time. All right. Fourth, the way we can start is? That's right. And we can tap into the Spirit through meditation. Meditation is different from prayer. If you don't know how, Come by the sanctuary, the library today at four and learn meditation from Paul. He's been practicing for more than 40 years. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Because we're here to help you develop these practices if you want to learn. All right, do it again. Louder. Yep, you know how you can do that? How what the Spirit will do for you is will help you do kind things for others. Not for your own honor or glory, but just to live out kindness in this world. Take chances. Be brave in your kindness. Offer to buy that guy in the black hoodie standing on the corner in Fairfield a cup of coffee from Starbucks. As Paul said last week, carry Stop and Shop or other gift cards with you and pull over on the side of the road when you see someone in need. And let that person know you see them. 
that you recognize them as your brother or sister in Christ and share with them the gift of food. We heard this week that one member, after hearing Paul's sermon, went out and bought a bag full of gift cards, gift cards to share. Deliver roses to that neighbor who once did something unexpected and nice to you. And lastly, stay connected in godly communi- staying connected in godly community is vital. The more connected we are and the more connected our children are to other children of faith, the more we engage in practices like these, the more room we make for the Holy Spirit, the more we surrender to God's crying out to be kind to one another, the more fruits pop up and our spirit-led response will be love. And you know what? We won't have to work so hard to be kind. We won't have to do grandiose gestures to see what kindness looks like. So what do you say? Let's continue to create a culture of kindness today and let's begin it now with this one last time. You know what to do. Yes, thank you. And to get that spirit moving again within us. Our closing music today will be another spirit-filled song by our Pivot Ministries Choir. Amen.